Rusty Quill presents. Welcome to Ain't Slayed Nobody. This is an actual play podcast intended for adults and may contain material that some people find disturbing. Please see the episode notes for content warnings and listen with care. If you found our show from Graham Patrick's guest writing on episode three of the Magnus Protocol, you might want to start with one of the campaigns he wrote on. Y'all of Cthulhu, our first ever season, is a complete horror campaign in the Old West. Next, we have Bleaker Trails, which is in the same setting. That has one complete season, and the final season is coming late in 2024. And if you're looking for something shorter and science fiction, we have a six-episode Blade Runner series. Thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you around. Our Discord is slade.me discord. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game-changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
I think we need to get into town and, and find this bleaker character, but... Yeah, I'm of the same mind, I think. Holy shit! <laughs> Look at that one! He's fucking massive! <laughs> He's not gonna pay you to drag his bag around, now is he? I can walk his dog for him, though. That's a dog, right? Well, we get sidetracked by the saloon. Who knows? Wait, did it just fucking talk? Hey, which one of you drank the rest of my wizard oil? Did you ever wonder what wizard bleakers milk in to keep you in that stuff? Ah, oh, fuck off, Floyd. Hey, what are you two beggars gawking at? Fresh meat for Bleaker. Came in at 10 o'clock. Over there. The sundown is fucking mutt. Oh, Jesus. I wouldn't want to touch that thing. It's mangy. I feel sick just looking at it. Oh, Gertrude's not going to be happy to see a big fella like that. That's for sure. Uh, she might be, Jesse. Look how he fills out them trousers. <laughs> uh, you could beat a horse to death with that. <laughs> Bottle of whiskey says she sends his ass packing. Oh, I'll take that bet. He looks like he can handle himself. <laughs> you can count me out, but I've got a live one down the saloon. I think she likes me. You coming, Floyd? Yeah, let's go. Better than sticking around here listening to Earl eye up the big fella. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of my house. Nah. <laughs> morning sun is high and hot as Julius and Chester set out to find Professor Bleaker's medicine show. Many of the houses you pass seem vacant, but through the dusty windows of Summer's General Store, you do see people browsing the clutter inside. The men leaning against the building's exterior are lethargic, maybe drunk, as we approach noon on a Thursday. Who among us? <laughs> Been there. <laughs> and as you're continuing down the street, give me spot hidden rolls for Chester and Julius. Oh my god, Jesus. 99 <laughs> against a 75. Good night. <laughs> I rolled a uh, 15 versus 25 success. Okay, London, there you go. Mm -hmm. Chester might be distracted by all the hobos scattered about town. But Julius is not. And I'm watching everybody. Yes, and as Julius passes the open doorways of some of these abandoned houses along the path, 
He spots glass bottles, maybe whiskey, glinting in the shadows. Can I just go up to one and just kind of just survey it a little closer? Just get like a, see if it's anything deadly? Yeah, sure. You can inspect the bottles. The first one you pick up off the dusty floor reeks of strong alcohol, like moonshine. And you're going to notice another bottle that's toppled beside the doorframe. The label on that one reads, Bleaker's Magical Tonic, and it is empty. Hmm. All right, looks like we're peddling bullshit around here. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. We know that this medicine show is well-funded. Great. London, give me a listen roll as Julius inspects the label. Alrighty. Ooh, hard success. Uh, 18 versus 60. Very nice. And Julius hears movement behind him. Approaching footsteps. Hey, what are you doing? The question catches the man off guard, and he's frozen, holding an empty bottle over his head, ready to smash it into yours. What are you doing in my house? What are you doing here? I'm just passing through. This place looks abandoned. This is your house? Yep, I said it's my house. Best to keep a roof over your head. Yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, I'm sorry for... for Forget I was ever here. I'm just trying to find Bleaker. This bottle here, can you point me in the direction? Everybody wants to see Bleaker. Oh, say, can you get me some more of that if I show you the way? Huh? He's pointing at the bottle in your hand. You like this stuff? Well, yeah. Who don't? (coughs) Well, I've never tried it. Uh, What does it do? Oh, it makes you feel good. Gives you energy. Well, unless it don't. Never quite the same stuff, is it? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, where, where do I get them from? From the store? From, from, from somewhere else? No, keep on heading south. You can't miss it. They're gonna love you. He flexes his biceps mockingly. Heh. <laughs> <laughs> May I ask your name? I'm I'm sorry I didn't I didn't get, catch it. Uh Earl. Sorry about that, Earl. Um I'll keep on passing through. Well, you be careful out there. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the first time in Ainsley Nobody history that somebody was nice to an NPC. <laughs> <laughs> Jay would have killed him. <laughs> That building would already be burned down to the foundation. (laughs) Chester is standing outside the house, it sounds like, and he's going to notice the Fair Shake Saloon while surveying the town ahead. Let's just get to Bleecker. This town sucks. Let's let's, Let's keep going for now, yeah. Brandon, give me another spot hidden for Chester. That's a hard success. Nice. Oh, shit. In your face, Cap. Julius, you're still carrying that trunk, is that right? Um, yeah, he's dragging it with him. Okay, Chester, you're going to see a man follow Julius out of the house. He's squatting behind the trunk. It looks like he's attempting to pick the lock on Julius's trunk with some sort of metal hook. 
Hey, stop that! Get get that all away from there! What are you doing? Wait, who are you talking to? What's going on? <laughs> He's picking the lock on your trunk. Just look behind you. I'm gonna drop the end of it that I'm holding, and I want to go over it and pick up Earl. <laughs> okay, it's quite easy for Julius to pick up Earl. Hey, what are you doing? I should ask you that. Come on, put me down. Whoa, 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 what do you need? What do you want? Nothing. I was. I thought you might be in town to start trouble or something, so I was checking to be sure. Nope, 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 nope. You broke into my house, okay? I don't want trouble. The trouble is with you rummaging through my things. I was just passing through. I apologize. I thought we had an understanding, Earl. No, you're right. It's my turn to apologize, I'm, I'm sorry. I should have asked before I unlocked your trunk. I, I've been drinking all morning. It was stupid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was pretty stupid of you. You know what? Maybe I should go breaking things that belong to you. Bones, perhaps? <laughs> No, 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 uh, don't hurt me. Let's go break some bottles inside. Nah, bones. I didn't stutter. Come on, let me pay you back. Maybe I can, uh, attend to your luggage. You can get the hell away from me is what you can do. As you say that, he steps back from the trunk and the lid falls open, spilling your purple velvet leotard into the street. Embarrassed, Earl picks that up delicately, then hurriedly stuffs it back inside the case. Oh, uh, don't, don't worry. <laughs> I have one just like that. It, it's okay. Come on, let me go back home. <laughs> I think we're even now, right? Right? You want to go there? Right over there, right? Yes, sir. I didn't take nothing, I swear. Okay, fair enough. I want to fully just, like, football throw Earl towards the house. Okay, so in doing that, are you trying to hurt him or trying not to hurt him? Uh, indifferent, whatever happens. <laughs> <laughs> then give me a throw roll. We'll leave it to the dice. Extreme success, 10 versus 60. With an extreme success, Earl flies through the doorway, knocking his head on the floor. <gasps> He's lying there inside the abandoned house. He appears to be unconscious. <laughs> hey, Harry, thanks for looking out for me. Oh, that's me. I'm... I'm Harry. <laughs> well, that's... that's rude, but I'll take the thanks. I'm sorry. Okay, Chester and Julius, continuing down the main street, there are more than a few people here going about their business. More and more of them look like performers as you enter a commune of wagons and tents. You see a couple waiting near a green wagon, one dressed in a fine tailored suit, the other wearing a leotard with a swishing tasseled skirt. I'll try and get someone's attention. Oh, uh, excuse me, we're here for the medicine show. Could you show my friend and I who we should speak with? Oh, your friend is adorable. You should probably talk to Pinky. 
the annoying French over there. Pinky? I'm sure that if we say Pinky three times into a mirror, he'll suddenly appear. Uh, bonjour! <laughs> a patient, money, hurry now, step inside. We've kept the professor waiting long enough. Merci. Shall we just go in? We're here to see Bleaker, too. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. He has urgent business with these two. He blinks and looks up, swallowing hard as he takes in the sight of you. Oh, and his schedule is very, uh, very tight. Oh, <laughs> uh, mon dieu, comme il est fort. Uh, 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 please clean up after your pets. <sighs> don't move a muscle, okay? Mm, muscles. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, uh, don't move. I'll be right back. He turns his attention back to Patience and Moni. Well, what are we waiting for? It's not polite to stare. Now the professor will see you together. Let's hope he missed your act, Moni. Allez vite, dépêchez-vous! I will take off my hat, as one does when one enters a building, and walk in. Enjoy! Moni will step through and she is fighting and cup, listen to me, fighting tooth and nail not to slam this door in Pinky's face. Oh, God, she's fighting it. She's fighting it so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So if you don't slam it, he will close it gently. I'm sorry, gentlemen. Where are my manners? Between you and me, these two would not wait. They are quite self-absorbed. Oh, that would have been a perfect time to slam the door in his face. She's thinking to herself. (laughs) Entering the wagon, Moni and Patience leave the sun. The interior is cramped with elaborate workbenches covered in half-finished projects. Bleeker watches you both as you survey his domain and tinkers at his desk with clockwork animals. Please have a seat. You must be exhausted. I'm going to take a seat, as requested, but I'm kind of doing that sort of gunslinger manspreading pose. Okay. (laughs) Sure, yes. (laughs) Moni struts around the wagon, touching some of the curiosities as she passes by, and then she does this graceful plop into the chair. She says, I'm not actually tired at all. And he flicks his finger into the body of a clockwork canary that chirps to life and hops across the desk. (laughs) He points at Moni without looking up. You, I was not expecting. Well, I am happy to bring you a moment of surprise. And what about you, the imp? Patience, was it? You can perform anywhere and be compensated well. Why do you choose the desert? Little danger, maybe. Chance to do some good. Seeking danger? I like that. Moni smiles over at Patience. The mechanical canary spreads one wing and topples over on the desk. Bleeker doesn't notice as he studies the scars on Patience's forearms. And what kinds of danger have you found, Patience? Mostly the human kind. Occasional mountain lion, but 
Most of the animals out here is the human ones. He pulls the canary upright and presses down the wing with a child's curiosity. Bleaker, are you alone? We need to talk. What does she want? I'm busy! Apologies. Bleaker looks over to Moni with narrowing eyes. I know patients can shoot the beak off of a flying bird. And what is your contribution, Moni? Besides arson, what are your strengths? I can do whatever it is you need. He delicately places the canary back on the desktop, and it seems to be staring at Moni now. Bleaker is massaging his temples. I'm looking for constant change to feed my interests. If something piques my curiosity, I'll go all the way to the bottom of the barrel. I'm tenacious that way. She's got a rat old fire personality, that one. I believe that she does. Curiosity is a requirement here. I send my most qualified performers to places where mysterious things have happened. And I want, no, I need them to pull back the veil. The work is interesting, it pays well, and of course, it's dangerous. I think you're going to love it. Not gonna lie, sounds right up my alley, so to speak. Now, looky here, I'm gonna be right up front with you. I don't hold with no bullies. Groups running in and taking advantage of folks, taking their money, running them wild through the towns. If we're going in for that sort of thing, that that's not me. Very good, Patience. Very good. Now, Moni, I'm afraid you've put me in a difficult position. I thought I had my wagon sorted, but you showed up unannounced, and I need more time to think, that's all. And if you do stay behind, I'm sure Sally at the saloon can keep you busy. She shifts in her seat and changes one leg over the other, and she says, You're not going to offer me a position. <laughs> like basic instinct? <laughs> Bleaker's canary suddenly springs to life again, fluttering its mechanical wings and chirping loudly. He caresses the top of its head, sending it into distorted birdsong. Let's not be presumptive, Moni. I have work to do, and I'll tell you quickly whether you have a place in one of our traveling groups. You're a bit of an enigma. Oh, but aren't you the one who's deep diving into strange, extraordinary things? I'd expect an enigma to entice you. Not, dare I say, intimidate you. (laughs) Make no mistake. You have my interest. I need people who are rock-solid. And frankly, you strike me as whimsical. Oh. (laughs) So from Moni's perspective, she played a trump card on him and just lost. He 100% bit back. That dials her back significantly. That's just something she's not used to. I understand. Okay. Might I ask a question? Yes, anything. You said you go 
towns and places looking for strange things happening. Is that why you picked Junction? Because there's some strange things happening. Oh, what do you know? Patience is going to describe what happened with Ginger. A mystery right here in your own town. Intriguing. I believe you will find the drifters have developed a nasty opium habit. It was also fascinating that the deceased had a bottle of your elixir in his coat. Hmm. You said his name was Ginger? He must have stolen a bottle from my cart. The unsavory are always snooping about and pilfering my medicines. I'll get to the bottom of this incident, earn my trust, and I may even tell you what I find. I understand. Mm, Moni doesn't like this, but she keeps quiet. He lifts a glass dome from the desk and gently places it over the mechanical bird. I'd like some assurances from you both. And in that regard, I recommend you visit Dot Liget. I'm sure you would have seen her wagon in the camp, the red one with the fine artwork. She's our soothsayer. Yes, we've seen it. Go see her when the sun goes down. Says the spirits are most active then. And listen to what she has to say. The two of you seem to be fast friends, and she can help me sort any issues we might have with chemistry. Moni pauses because she she doesn't like this at all, but her damn curiosity is going to push her. Uh, she says, that's fine. I'm on your time. I think we've reached an understanding, you might say. And I'm going to put my hat back on and nod to him and decamp. And as you're walking out the door, he interrupts. Uh, one more thing, Patience. Just a curiosity, really. Back in El Paso, did you ever come across the name Bishop? Bishop? Uh, there was a sheriff right down that way. I think my pa knew him. Yeah, I think so. Why? A pet project. Nothing to worry about. Uh, we'll catch up again soon. All right. Have a fine day. Ooh, she can't wait to unpack this later. Unpack what exactly? (laughs) (laughs) As you exit, Bleeker whispers to the canary, You were good. Well behaved. I love your new song. And I'll walk back over to the saloon. Yeah, Moni leads patience back to the saloon. She needs time to process all of this. And she really doesn't want to walk alone right now. So she'll give them a look of relief at first. And then for a split second, just long enough for patience to notice, Moni actually looks scared. Let's revisit Eli, who had retired to his tent after an eventful night of killing a gigantic snake and covering it up with the compare. Give me a listen roll to see if Eli noticed gunfire early in the morning. I fumbled. 99. (laughs) Of course you did. This may be a fumble with a positive result because Eli slept right through the noise. And after a long night, he probably slept in later than usual. But you'll hear activity from the camp until you're ready to leave your tent. Then I think that I'm going for a walk. 
Pushing back the tent flap, you emerge into the crisp air and brilliance of the blinding morning sun. Disoriented for a moment, you squint to get your bearings and find yourself being watched. Crouched on the communal table among the remnants of the night's revelry, a black cat stares at you with large golden eyes. Blinking at it, you could swear it wasn't there before. I stared directly back at it. Okay, the cat is unfazed. Okay, I'm walking over towards the cat. In a curious but relatively friendly way. Okay. Eli does not like cats. Do give me a luck roll. Okay. (laughs) Hey, I passed that one. The cat sits up as you approach. So what do you do as far as your act around here? It stretches and yawns. We're going to need to work on your uh, stage presence, my friend. It lazily blinks its large jewel-like eyes before jumping down. Tail held high, it saunters toward the stage, just as the watching crowd erupts into cheers for the performers. Nevertheless, the cat seems to accept the praise for itself. You're never going to make it in this town. The cat slinks between the feet of a giantess and disappears under the stage. You see one last glint of those feline eyes before they're gone. The giantess swears at the cat as she almost trips over it and storms past the unruly animal cages, growling back as she heads for the tents. Oh, oh. Damn cat. It looks as if she came from the direction of Bleaker's wagon, but you can't be sure. Okay, I'm going to follow her. Or should I go check out these cages? You can if you'd like. You also see the compare. He's leading a massive gentleman to the stage. He must be the next act, some sort of strongman. Fuck that guy. I am going to follow the giant. (laughs) Eli hated the compare from the second that he heard him speak the first time. (laughs) Everybody does. So you're following the giant? (laughs) In a sneaky-ish way. Okay. Give me a stealth roll then, if you're being sneaky. And take a bonus die for your shadow talent. That is a 45, which is a pass. As you're trailing the giant, she doesn't seem to notice you, and she ducks into what must be the largest tent on the grounds. Are you continuing to follow? Yeah, I think that is what I would like to do, is kind of just sneak up and sort of maybe take a peek in. Okay. See what's in there, see if I'm in a good position to maybe listen to what's going on. You can walk up to the tent, maybe just beside the partly open flap if you don't want to be seen. You hear the giant settling in, shuffling around inside. Pillows whoosh as she sits or lies down. She's muttering, but it's only one voice. Is she talking to herself? Maybe. Give me a listen roll, see what you can make out. Okay. I'm not good at that. Okay. Oh, but I got a success anyway, 13. This is a waste of time. Come on, boss. Time to move. You hear the snapping of wood. Can I intuit how violent she might respond if I was to just walk in? (laughs) Are you thinking about going in unannounced? 
Yeah, just walking in. That seems like probably not the right move, so I don't think I'm going to do that. Okay. <clears throat> I'm afraid I'm not familiar with the um, formalities of tent living, but uh, knock, knock. Leave me alone. I'm tired. Gunshots kept me awake. All right. If that's what you want, I just thought maybe you could use someone to talk to. Give me a persuade roll. Oh, it's a 72. I didn't do it. <laughs> She's not interested. <laughs> Peering through the opening in the tent, she looks at you with a wicked smile. Don't come back, little man. If I have to listen to that French fuck before I get some sleep, I'll use you both in my act and it won't be pretty. You hear her snap another log with her hands. Pleasant dreams. Pleasant dreams? I wish I could dream at all. I'll take my leave. I'm going to go check out those cages, after all. As you head over to the cages, you see the strong man and a hairy beast, a wild man, talking to Pinky near the stage. Let's catch up with our odd couple. Does Eli stop and watch? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> what a pair! Ooh. Hey, someone get Gertrude! She must see with her own eyes the, um, well, the competition. <laughs> oh, it's her time to shine. Oh, but look at this beautiful coat of fur. Oh, your friend, he's already shining. Well, you're here to audition for our show, no? No, I'm here to meet with Professor Bleeker. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, semantics. Everyone will meet the professor in their time. But I am Pinky, the ringleader for the moment. I didn't ask your name. Oh, my hairy little friend. In due time, you will have your meeting with the professor. As for now, will you not entertain us? We need someone to revive this crowd, and you would be amazing, no? I'll go first. Wonderful, très bien. You are my Adonis. No, you are Zeus. <laughs> do you have an act prepared? I do, yes, I do. It's all, it's all here in my trunk. <laughs> oui, I can see you pack quite a lot. I feel your name on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> but what is it? Rough and tumble. Oh, of course, yes! Rough and tumble. Uh, that is the exact name I would have chosen for you myself. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> Coming through. Get out of here! He flashes you a winning smile and sweeps an arm upward to the stage, inviting you on. Ladies and gentlemen, attention! We have a special guest joining our troupe for the very first time, a new member of our family. I present to you the mighty, the gargantuan. Uh, remind me? Rough and tumble. Oui, rough. And a tumble! A couple of moments pass by and pass by as nothing happens as he doesn't take the stage. What is going on? Where are you? Come on, Ali! 
he's elsewhere trying to fit into that uh, crushed velvet purple leotard. Uh, <laughs> so he, <laughs> yeah, in five minutes. Yeah, so he's trying to get that going. Okay, and then as he, he eventually bounds out onto the stage, he goes over to his trunk, opens it up, and very sort of ceremoniously pulls out each of these large weights. He does this one by one as they increase in weight. He returns them all to the trunk, and then, with one hand, extends his hand in the trunk far above his head, smiling at the crowd, expecting applause. Give me a strongman roll. That's your arts and crafts specialty. All right. <laughs> Watch me fail. Oh, it was close. It was close. 70 versus 75. Success. The leotard tightens when you lunge, and everyone is in awe. <laughs> Feeling the burn in your muscles, you strain against the weight. Then out of nowhere, you are shoved hard. London, give me a combined strength and dexterity roll. <laughs> okay. I got an eight. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> yes. After the shove, Julius takes a couple of steps forward, but settles into another perfect lunge. The trunk is hoisted above your head. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Julius has got to kind of look over his shoulder and just try to see who's there. You see a giant looming at over eight feet tall near the back of the stage. She's glowering at Julius, her chest heaving in a fur-trimmed Katori blouse. You aren't strong enough for this show. Stronger than you, you can't knock me over. Ooh, this is gonna be interesting. You hear knuckles crack, like snapping tree branches. Let's find out. And he just sort of looks her up and down, obviously. She's bigger than Julius. So he uh, sort of clears his throat. Well, it appears that you're interrupting my stage time. We all get a turn. Now, why can't you wait out the crowd like everybody else? They are enjoying the show. Let's put on a show they won't forget. Then you can slink away and lick your wounds somewhere that isn't here. Oh, come on, now. <laughs> this is the weirdest way to ask for an arm wrestling tournament that I've ever seen. Hand to hand. No holds barred. <laughs> All right. You know what? The crowd is enjoying it. I shall oblige. Gertrude does have higher decks than you, but she's standing there with her fists on her hips, waiting for you to make the first move. <laughs> okay, yeah. He really wants to get her off balance, so it's like a combination to really try to knock her off balance. Just get her, get her shaken up. She's not much of a dodger, so she'll fight back. Give me fighting brawl. Okay. No, no, 99 versus 50. <laughs> You're at 50, so at least it's not a fumble. Maybe you'll get lucky. Oh my god. What? <laughs> <laughs> she rolled a seven. Oh. You charged at her trying to knock her off balance. She easily sidesteps this and reaches out to grab your leotard, <gasps> which actually keeps you from falling off the stage. Body slam that purple dinosaur. Get him. Kill him. 
she pulls hard on the velvet to bring you close and snaps the shoulder straps against your back. <laughs> then she hoists you into the sky before slamming you headfirst into a barrel of rainwater. Yes. <laughs> the giant holds you there for what feels like 30 seconds before yanking you out and throwing you to the stage floor where you flop in the puddle like a fish. <laughs> this ain't even fair. You thought you were strong. Oh, I thought you weren't as dexterous. Julius doesn't take damage. She's going for humiliation. Okay, okay. He gets back up. He's like, okay, all right. I see you're trying to get a rise out of me. He's going to try to go around the legs and just try to pick her up. It's her move, but you can try that as she's charging at Julius. Let's roll Fighting Brawl again. Okay. Okay, that's regular success for Gertrude. Failure. 89 versus uh, 80. Oh my god. Come on, finish him! Julius is dripping wet trying to get to his feet when the giant throws you back down to the stage and kneels down to put you into an excruciating armbar. Ooh. Your arm is twisted to the breaking point, and you feel it go numb as the crowd erupts. This might be your first standing ovation. Yeah, snap his arms. You got him. He's gonna tap out. Are you even trying? There's only room for one of us here. But it looks like you better leave, he says. He's gonna try to again somehow throw her off balance, use the weight against her. Not using his strength, but trying to use hers to do something. Let's roll it again. She's fighting back. Take a penalty die. She's got you in an armbar. Yeah. Fuck! Oh my god. What? 85 versus 50. Oh shit. She's going for blood this time and slaps Julius hard across the face. He's going to feel a mighty sting as his teeth rattle and his neck jerks to the side. Her hand covered his entire head with the smack. Julius collapses to the stage again with his blood running into that pool of water. You've never been hit that hard. (laughs) Let me roll her damage. She does get quite a bit. D4 plus D6. <laughs> Unbelievable. Take nine hit points off your sheet. What? You'll feel her shadow creeping over you, blotting out the relentless Texas sun. She glares down as a smile breaks across her face. Have you had enough? You will not best me. Even if it's not today or right now, I promise that I'll get you. Oh, I can't wait. This is just show business, you understand. I understand very well. Next time you should try. The professor doesn't like damaged goods. Pinky appears and runs between the pair of you, thrusting Gertrude's arm into the air. Oh, the winner! The fearless Gertrude! 
He looks at you with sympathy as he plays to the audience. Turning, they both take a bow. He throws the giantess a disapproving look as the stage is assaulted with flowers. She steps over Julius, crushing a rose. You have made your point, Gertrude. You'll go rest. You have a performance this evening. It's actually on the schedule. I'll see you again soon, little man. Gertrude spits at the compere's feet, then jumps off the back of the stage, heading off into the camp. Julius just scowls at Gertrude as they part ways. We ain't gonna see this guy back on the stage. Jesus. Pinky kneels down beside you. Uh, mon... Oh, I am speechless. Julius, look at your face. All oh, this is tragic. When she slapped you, I was on the edge of my seat. I'm not even sure how I would live with such humiliation. Oh, no. But I did not hesitate one moment to put a stop to this exhibition of strength. Hey, but you should have seen the crowd. Oh, they love it. They love you. Now, down to business. The professor requires your presence this instant. Before that, can I just try one last sort of something? I don't know. Some sort of solo weightlifting act where I bring back out some huge dumbbell or something or perform some sort of feat. Yeah, absolutely. You can dig through your trunk and try to give the crowd some sort of finale for redemption. Give me another strongman roll. 94 against 75. Failure. (laughs) Jesus. This last-ditch effort doesn't go well for Julius. You are disoriented from the slap and frozen by the humiliation. Julius can barely pull the weights out of the trunk, let alone get them into the air. The crowd is howling with laughter. Oh, no, Julius, please. This is harrowing. I cannot bear to witness anymore. Come on now. Let us retire from these hyenas and get you to Bleecker. Allez, viens. Can I get a towel first, please? I mean, you've never been in a wet leotard before. (laughs) Now, now, don't make assumptions. I think he's going to (laughs) cry. Cry, baby, cry. Uh, Let's get you cleaned up. Uh, Follow me to the tent, okay? Do you happen to have a change of clothes? I do. Oh, well, then you'll be good as new. Uh, uh, Now take a look at the situation with your face. Okay, well, thank you. But this will not be a repeated event, I assure you. Ah, yes, I'm certain of that. Your body wouldn't survive another beating like that. Pinky assists Julius on the walk, and he'll attempt first aid in the private tent. (laughs) Okay, yeah, he failed. (laughs) It's not helping, and the pain intensifies. I think you better collect your belongings. This may be bad for you if Bleeker was watching, but perhaps fate is with us today. Okay, yeah, he repacks his things and heads over to see Professor Bleeker. Let's head back to Eli, who has gone to check out the animals. Those cages aren't far from the tents, 
There are more shadows here, as taller tents and wagons encircle the cages. Well, all right. Now, these aren't just cages Eli is seeing. They're caged wagons. You hear fluttering from the nearest one. About a dozen birds. They're walking around, flapping their wings. The birds are walking around the floor of the cage? Yes, they're cooing now. You can see through the netting, these look like doves or pigeons. Okay. Then I guess I want to look at the next one. Sure, you can walk over to the next caged wagon, and there's no distinguishable noise coming from this one. There is disturbed hay on the floor, and also on the dirt around the wagon. There's intricate gold detailing on the red border above and below the cage. The corner posts are wrapped by carved snakes. And a nameplate reads Lucy. Okay. The gaps between the bars are too narrow for that thing you killed last night to escape. I'm sure of that. You could give me a spot hidden for a much closer look. The 97. I'm really loving spot hidden right now. (laughs) The cage door appears to be closed, locked, and undisturbed. Yeah, I'm just walking along the cage. I'm just trying to get some info here. There is an animal skulking in the next wagon. You hear a low growl from the creature pacing back and forth. This appears to be a tiger, but as you get closer, you'll realize this is a lion painted to be a tiger. Because a lion wasn't rare enough? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They had to pretend it was a tiger just so it would be cool. <laughs> hey, I'm, I won't infer their motivations. Okay, well, as I continue walking by the lion, I'm going to bare my teeth at it. The painted lion stops pacing and stares at you confused, then lets out a loud, noxious fart. (laughs) It seems to forget about you as it sits heavily back in the straw and sniffs at itself. That makes sense. Yeah, and this is almost like a train of animal cages, so you can continue working your way down the line if you'd like. Does it look like a box of animal crackers? (laughs) It kind of does, but they're not stacked. (laughs) The next wagon houses a massive tortoise. It seems to be engrossed in its meal, mercilessly chewing on cabbage and lettuce heads. I'm going to sort of kneel down in front of that cage or crouch down a little bit closer to it. And I'm going to wind up my clockwork turtle and just hold it out, not into the cage, but just outside and show it that I have a turtle that moves around. The tortoise in the cage stops chewing and eyes the small turtle as it springs to life. Its brass flippers pull it forward with its metal nose dinging softly against the bars. The tortoise goes berserk, making an ungodly low growl as it tries to maul the small contraption through the bars. I'm going to look at my clockwork turtle and say, "Uh, I don't think he's all that interested in you, Donatello, and I'm going to put him back in my pocket. Donatello. Okay, perfect. Through the bars, you see a man in a green suit passes to the other side of the wagon. He seems to be holding a skunk, which he mumbles to. Distracted, he doesn't see you standing there as the tortoise tries in vain to get to you. Oh, shut up. He heads to a dead fire pit and stirs at a pot of beans with a spoon, then sets the skunk down. Someone must know something. Uh, 
Luckily, no one has gone missing yet. So there's time. I know this was planned. They say a tramp was seen with her. But which one? Whoever it is, I'll stuff them. Kiherelem, ish megetetem vele. Hey, Mr. Animal Man. I got some questions for you. Oh, Franz Sheriff. I'll be right there. Hey, hey! Get away from that cage! Victor leaves to deal with the sheriff, leaving you alone with the cages. Would you like to visit one more cage while you're here? Yeah, if there's one more, I might as well check out the last one. Is this where the big, crazy, scary monster is? You leave the noises of the murderous tortoise behind you as it rips apart whole heads of lettuce in a fury. Moving down to the last cage, peering in, this animal looks like a donkey at first, but not quite. You see the hump on its back. (laughs) This is a miniature camel. It's the smallest camel. Do we need to have an intervention for you? (laughs) (laughs) Not until I say it's six inches tall. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Little Sebastian. Okay. The thing is, in a departure from Johnny Rhodes, Eli Malcolm doesn't like animals. (laughs) So I'm not actually interested in any of this. And I'm I'm leaving. (laughs) Well, you already have a pet in Donatello. I have the the perfect kind of pet, which is to say a non-living one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) As Eli finishes up at the cages, he'll see the man in the green suit has taken the sheriff to the stage. He's pointing at the next act, which is about to begin. This one looks like some sort of dog man being pushed up the stairs by the compere. Let's see what Chester can do on stage. Now, is my beautiful beast ready to perform? Is it my turn? Is he always going to be like this? The compare? Most definitely. <laughs> oh, this is exhilarating! I can already tell you are going to be my favorite act. Right. I uh, hope this goes over better than the train station. There are plenty of barrels, raised platforms, and chairs among the stage props and workers are stacking dove cages around the perimeter. Crates and barrels, got it. The birds' soft coos and flapping are drowned by the murmur of the crowd as they spot you. Go on, wag your tail for us. Being a uh, wild man, what I would love to do for my act is just kind of scare the living hell out of everyone at the show right now. Sure, what are you doing to scare them? Um, well, I'm going to be running around on all fours. I will be loud. I will be ugly. I will be jumping across barrels and throwing props into the crowd. I'll be screaming in the face of anyone not paying attention. It sounds like there are physical and psychological components to the act, so I'm going to ask you for two rolls. (laughs) Brandon, give me dex or jump for the movements, bouncing from surface to surface, and then I'd like intimidate to see how the crowd reacts. Uh, I passed my dex and failed my intimidate. So if uh, nothing else, at least I'm athletic. The crowd seem entertained by your antics, the animalistic acrobatics. But when you start to growl and shout, they seem perplexed and the excitement dies back. Oh, 
Eerie. The compere looks nervously out at the sea of bewilderment, then disappears into the camp. However, some of the children run up to the stage. Aw, look, the kids love him. Oh, can I pet him, Mom? Okay, in that case, I want to interact directly with the children. Is that okay? What are you going to say to them? Oh, no, no words. Just growling and screaming. <laughs> so, you're screaming at children. Oh, uh, yeah. Let me get right up in a child's face and just roar at them. It feels like they're not taking me seriously. <laughs> You've been disrespected here. Yeah, I've been disrespected, and it's time to teach these young children a lesson. Pick on someone your own size. Give me that pushed intimidate roll. God, I hope you fail. <laughs> Hard success. Their gleeful faces turn to horror as you scream and roar, covering them in spittle. One, little Billy, staggers backward tripping and lands on his bottom, then starts to wail. <laughs> Concerned parents draw back from you and shout at their children to come away. They seem terrified by the act, and it seems it might turn ugly. Hey, leave them kids alone. Suddenly, over their outrage, the compare shouts. Nickway! Please be seated, ladies and gentlemen. The act only just started. Now, for the main event. The crowd parts like the Red Sea as a lion painted with stripes prowls between them. Dragged behind it, the compare struggles with its leash. Oh, Jesus. Okay, yep. <laughs> what is that? What is that? These people pay for excellence. Athletics are no match for a showdown of two ferocious beasts, Chester and Randy. Let's go, Randy. Oh my, it's a liger. Randy the liger. Oh, Randy's gonna have this thing for lunch. The compare momentarily loses his grip on the leash. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Damn, I love that cat! Come on, Randy! You can do it! The lion lunges at you, Chester, only for the compare to divert it at the last second. A claw swipe barely missing. You aren't sure if that was intentional, but you are forced back up onto the stage as the large cat advances. Get him, Randy! Kill him! <laughs> Perhaps a game of cat and mouse! Who's the cat and who's the mouse? There's only one cat! The compare's next words are cut short as the liger jerks forward and he's pulled over. Rushing forward, it bats a chair out of the way casually and sends you scuttling up onto the crates. Hey, get him! Fresh me! I think you might be the mouse here. I kind of want to... See if I can control it. Oh, okay. Do you have animal handling? I have 25 animal handling, which is more than the five. Yeah, it could be worse. It is a fail. 
The compare is dragged around like a ragdoll. He loses control of Randy. The Liger crashes into the dove creature perched on, smashing them open. A flurry of feathers and escaping doves explode from the mess. I think with your acrobatics you should be fine here as your crate is knocked over. But you are forced to leap down and are now on stage next to the cat. It's your move. Would you like to push the roll? <laughs> I want to push the roll. I want to try something new. I was initially trying to like bond on an animal level, I feel like, right? Be like, look, we're both feral. But now I'm going to use more of my man side and get his time to kind of come under my dominion. <laughs> it's like Crocodile Dundee in the bull. Yes. All right, let's see. That was a success. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to die pushing a 25 skill. (laughs) I've risen to my full height, my full strength, my full dominion, and almost stopped it in its tracks. I've put out one big hand, and it just kind of has stopped on the stage, mid-stage. The cat seems confused and sniffs at your hand and blinks. It seems to consider you for a minute before it aggressively starts grooming itself. Huh, a little anticlimactic for my taste. Oh man, I wanted to see Randy eat him. Staggering to his feet, the compare approaches you. Oh, magnificently done, my beast. Thank you, thank you. While I am bowing, a dove is flying towards me, but instead of me bowing and it happening in that arc, I'd rather me take a step forward during the bow to catch the dove so it doesn't look as accidental, because it is very much on purpose for me to catch this dove in my mouth. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, God. And then when I come up from the bow, people can see the dove between my teeth, a little bit of blood drizzling down. And then I, I take the dove out of my mouth and kind of hold it up as a trophy and then continue to, to kind of chomp on it as I walk off the stage. Oh, now that is disgusting. Oh, excuse me. You take your leave. The compare is attempting to get the cat to follow, but Randy has not finished scent marking his new domain. <laughs> You spot a man in a dazzling emerald jacket watching you in the compare from next to a caged wagon. He looks less than impressed. Is that the dove's owner? He's glaring at Chester and holds his arms straight out in a T. The doves all dive from the sky to perch on his arms. (laughs) He turns and disappears into the maze of cages. Good. I also just walk away. Sure, you can walk off into town or further into camp. Meanwhile, Julius was heading into Professor Bleeker's wagon. Bleeker is reaching up to a shelf behind him as you enter, and he takes down a small clockwork hedgehog from a dusty shelf. 
he sits back down and gives you a wry smile as the hedgehog's metallic spines bristle. Fascinating. Please, please, come in. I assure you this little creature won't bite. He strokes the fine needles of the hedgehog. Nice to meet you. Julius Ruffin. Bleaker sneers, pulling his hand back sharply from the mechanical pet. Blood wells up as he inspects his finger. He presses his whole hand down over the hedgehog's now curled form. The things we do for science. As the blood runs down the needles and gathers on the tiny animal, it shudders in pleasure. What happened out there with Gertrude, Julius? I, I, don't, I don't know. It's... I don't know what got into me back there. Usually, when I'm on stage and performing, I'm in my own world. But it's like someone just walked right into it and just interrupted everything. No one has ever been able to, to get into my head like that before. Let alone the physical thing. She was in my head. But it won't happen again. I can assure you. That's good. Very good. Moxie. I like that. In your flyer, I noticed that that you do quite a bit of traveling. I am something of an, an amateur book collector myself, and if you're traveling around, I see this as an opportunity to show my strength, entertain your crowds, and perhaps pick up some, some books for my studies as we go along. Ah, looks like we found ourselves a reader. <laughs> yes, and this, um, this other giant... I'm not trying to step on any toes or anything, but... Gertrude means well, but forget her for now. She is a marvel, but I want to focus on you, my little giant. All right. <laughs> I'll take it. That's I don't hear that too much, but uh, I'll take it. He leans forward intrigued and looks into your eyes, his face lit by a sodium lamp. I think I'd like you to borrow a book. A book! Reaching up into the shelves eagerly, he pulls down a red-bound book. Burnished gold letters are emblazoned on its leather. You have my attention. Hmm. Uh, what does the cover say on it? Oddities of the American Frontier. Read it in your own time. We can discuss its words when you grasp them fully. Mid-sentence, the compare bursts into the wagon and slinks past. <clears throat> Pardon the intrusion, Mr. Tumbles. Uh, urgent matters. <sighs> he whispers something in the professor's ear, and they go back and forth a few times. Are you sure? I'm sorry to bother you with such trivialities, but I thought you should know before you decide his fate. Then he darts back outside. Bleaker frowns in concern. There is one matter we must address. He finally wrenches his hand from the hedgehog, which uncurls with glistening red needles, bristling again. The person you encountered today, on your way to the camp? It sounds like it was one of our vagrants. Unseemly, most of them. Ah, little guy, yes. I understand you had a brief confrontation in the street. Well, he didn't make it. What do you... What do you mean he didn't make it? 
You killed him, Julius. Oddities of the American Frontier by Otis Bleeker September 13th, 1894 A bipedal mature canine arrived today and performed admirably enough. Brutally inhuman, it fancies itself a man. A delightful paradox. Dot worked her magic once again, and I have already written to Eldridge. We will spare no expense on experimentation. And in the meantime, I shall collect stool, fur, and blood samples. Eldridge would prefer a cadaver, I suspect, but we have much to learn in observation. Besides, if history is any indicator, we will have our cadaver soon enough. Thank you for listening to Ain't Slayed Nobody. For ad-free episodes, lots of bonus content, and special programming, please join our Wolf Pack at patreon.com slash Slayed, or subscribe to Ain't Slayed Nobody Plus at Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show more than becoming a subscriber. See our show notes for full credits, and help us grow by posting friendly reviews and spreading the word to your friends and followers. Thank you, and good luck out there.